Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. Another amazing episode of the Expert Trader Podcast Series hosted by the FX Summit. We've got an incredible guest today. Mr. Alex Santi is in the building. He's a trader, yes, sir. investor, entrepreneur, and special guest at the FX Summit. Alex, what's up, brother? What's up, my brother? We're finally here, finally here after many weeks of planning this. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. A lot of back and forth. And if you guys were actually on the charity stream last week, everyone go check out that recording. Alex stopped by, dropped serious gems. Him and Andy were going back and forth. There's yep. so much knowledge there about risk management. There's so much knowledge there about psychology. You guys are definitely going to want to go and, uh, and check that out. But yeah, Alex, sure. welcome to the show. We're going we're gonna to walk people through uh, your backstory. We want to walk people through a little bit of uh, like some of the lessons you've learned through your trading, how you were able to apply that to entrepreneurship yep. and, and a little bit more. So talk to us about your story. Who is Alex? Where, were, you know, where are you from? Talk to us a little bit about your backstory. Um, brother, I, I'm... I'm Cuban, actually. So I, I was born in Cuba. Um, I, was, I wasn't born in this country. Um, I came to this country when I was uh, eight, nine years old. I'm actually 28 right now. Okay. So uh, about 20 years ago, um, didn't know English at all. Uh, you know, just, just pure Spanish. And then from there, I kind of, um, you know, kind of grew up in the in, in this country in, in Miami, right? So my whole life, I've been in Miami. And Basically, growing up in Miami, I learned English, obviously, and then I kind of forgot Spanish, so it was crazy. And uh, little by little, I started to pick it up later in my teens, like around 17, 18, but for a good part of my teens, I actually forgot Spanish. It was crazy. Damn. It, was, it was insane, yeah. And as far as like, like you know, I, I, always had, I started working when I was like 16, 17. It's crazy. Um, in my other podcast, like, you know, that, that we do, I was talking about how I started entrepreneurship which is selling dogs. You know, I always tell people like, yeah, like what was like that one thing that kind of started your entrepreneurship story? And mine was, I used to, I used to, I went on Craigslist one day and I saw this dude selling German Shepherds for 300 bucks and they were purebred. And, but, but it was so far down South that nobody knew about it. It was like in Homestead, which is like a good 30 miles from Miami down South. Right, right. So I went and I got, um, and I'm like, wow, it's crazy. So I went to one of your pet shop and I'm like, yo, how much are you selling these dogs for? 1200. I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> so I went and I, and I borrowed some money from my, from my dad. I'm like, yo, let me borrow a couple hundred dollars. He's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, don't worry about it. So I went and I picked up some German shepherds and I started selling German shepherds. Did you come back with some dogs? Yeah, I came back with some dogs. Okay. And I started, and I started selling German shepherds in front of the, in front of the pet store, the you know, public store here. You're crazy, bro. <laughs> And then the pet store came to me like, yo, how much are you selling the dogs for? And I'm like, uh, 800. They're like, nah, we'll give you 500 for them. And I'm like, nah, nah, you sell it for 12. I'll give it to you for eight. They're like, nah, we're not going to buy it. Okay, cool. Bro, so many people were buying dogs for me. It was crazy that they were like, literally in front of the pet store, that they'll start like, they started like, you know, they're like, okay, fine. We'll buy them for you for 800. And then I started selling to pet shops and shit. And that's like, when I was 16 years old. Different. Like, did there have you have a jobs. pet? Did you have a dog? Like, were you already familiar with that, or is this something out of the blue? Like, out you just blue. found an opportunity. I just found an opportunity. I was just like, "Fuck okay. it, I'm, I'm gonna start selling dogs. That's what I'm gonna do now." I'm 16. That's I good. made, I'm making 500 dollars a dog because I, I bought it for 300 and I'm selling it for for 800. Right, um, right. and then I started my first job, and then, you know, I I started uh next to, uh Target here in Miami. I was I was I was started doing selling juices. Oh, like a like a Jamba Juice. I don't know if you ever heard of it. The, the, the Miami is very big. It was like something like that. It's called Rubik's Juice. Um, 
and from there, I, I would just jump from, from job to job. I, I lasted like six months. Then I went to Best Buy. I lasted six months. Then I went to Sprint, like the cell phone company. I lasted like a year. Then from there, I went to selling cars. Um, from selling cars, I went to AT&T. From AT&T, I went to Verizon. Okay. From, yeah, from Verizon, I went to uh, American Express. And American Express changed my life. Um, working there changed my life. Because I, re I really want to get into the American Express thing. I got a few, you know, I got a few things loaded yeah. up. Why were you jumping around from job to job? Was it like something about be, like working for someone? What was that like an internal thing? Yeah. What, what was that? It's many, it's, it's many things, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Some jobs I got fired from. Um, some jobs I quit myself. Um, it, I always had a problem with somebody telling me what to do. Mm. And I always, and I always knew the, the corporate system didn't work for me. Um, and so it's a lot of jobs we, did, we didn't just see eye to eye. Um, and I would just let them fire me. I'm like, fuck that, fire me. That, you know? Um, and some jobs I would just quit because I'm like, yo, this is not going anywhere. Like, this is not making me grow. This is not making me a better person. This is not making me, it's not giving me skills, right? Mm -hmm. Because what I, what I was looking for in jobs, honestly, was growth and skill. Like, give, right. me, give me, show me how to make more money. But you're never gonna learn that on a nine to five. It's it's not. They're not gonna teach you that. They're gonna teach you how to how to show up, mm -hmm. do your job, and go home. You know. Sure. So that's basically why I jump from 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 job to job. Yeah. And the reason I was asking that is because a lot of people watching this at home, maybe they're in that predicament right now. Like they're kind of bouncing yeah. around, and they think that it's like, you know, they think that it might be an issue at the time because obviously nobody likes to be jumping around like that. But yeah. maybe it's just like that. You know, having a higher standard for yourself is kind of what I heard from you. So maybe okay. people can see that in them too. Um, yeah, don't. I mean, what, you know, you have to understand that some of us aren't meant to be nine to five workers. Some of us are meant for something greater. So don't think that just because you you're getting fired from job to job, or because you're quitting job to job and you don't you're not satisfied, um, that you're not good enough. It might be the it might be the you know the opposite effect. It means that you you may be too good to for where you're at, and you don't understand that. You know. For sure. So can anyone, so I guess this kind of goes to, um, can anyone be an entrepreneur? Do you feel like it's any, like only some people can do it or can anybody learn to do it? I think anybody can learn to do it. Um, being an entrepreneur doesn't take talent. I'm going to tell you that. It just takes skill. Um, so I think anybody can do it. I think a lot of people just don't want to put in the effort and they like the comfort of the nine to five. They like the, the, the security that the job offers. And, and, I'm, and I can't lie. It's, it's amazing, right? Because most of the jobs that I've had, um, like American Express, and then the next job that I had was Bank of America. That was my last job. Um, you're talking about over 100K a year jobs. You know, you're talking about Fortune 500 companies, you know? But um, I like those last two jobs. They taught me a lot. They, mm -hmm. I think those two jobs set that this is it for me. This is like my last, my last job. Um, because once you're dealing with financials, you get to see people's financials and you get to see what's possible. Because one thing is for me to tell you, hey, I'm making a million dollars a month. And one thing is for me to show you, hey, I'm making a million dollars a month. Once you see it, you're like, holy shit, this is real. You so know, you're, you're in this environment at, at American Express where you're getting exposed to a lot of credit card information from big yeah. players, right? Because yeah. um, can you walk them through what department they, they put you in? I worked I worked for this interior department, the black card department. Okay. That's, that's for, those, the, for those of you guys that don't know, that's the big boy money, right? That, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that yeah. card that uh, 
That's a card that never declines. That's like, that's that level. So what did you learn from that experience? What did that exposure? That's, that's this card right that's here. That's that card. Right <laughs> <laughs> Talk your shit. Um, so what did that experience teach you? And what did you take away from being exposed to like that people who are playing at that level? Man, a lot, a lot. That job set who I am today. That job changed my life. My credit was fucked up. I had fucked up my credit early. Because of that job, I learned how, how important credit was. I was able to fix my credit. I learned how to save money. I learned everything. Why? Talking to a bunch of millionaires every single day. My customer service, when I was in that job, it was a call center. It was A1. And people were like, man, I feel like, are you a millionaire? Like, I'm like, no. Because people will ask me on the phone, like, you know a lot about brands. You know a lot about this. You know a lot about that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I aspire to, to one day be able to afford these things and things like that. And I was very well knowledgeable of these things. Mm -hmm. And my, my customer service was A1 just because, man, I wanted to learn from these people. I wanted to get to juice that call, right? Every time I would get on a phone call with them, um, you know, my phone calls were, were like 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Remember, you can't be on the phone too long as a call center. Right, so right, I would right. try in, in 15, 10 minutes, I would try to juice the most I can out of these people. Millionaires, millionaires. What are you asking? What does Alex ask on the phone to, to these millionaires uh, to try to pick up some of this sauce? Man, I mean, obviously, the, the obvious answer is like, what do, you, what do you do for a living? Um, you know, that's, that's like the, the main answer. It's like, um, and, I, and, and some people, depending on their vibe, I can go, I will go deeper into their lives. I'll be like, if you can give somebody one advice, um, what would it be? If you can give me, if you can tell me, um, you know, I, I even asked one guy, hey, if you had 100K to your name right now, what would you do? You know, it just depends. Like some people are cool. Some people are fucking assholes. You know what I'm saying? They just want to get on the phone call, pay their bill and get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Uh, you know, and I understand. I understand. I, I couldn't be mad. But um, some people, so a lot of them are really cool. A lot of them, a lot of them. That's awesome. I, I had a guy one time call me um, that he was dying, unfortunately. And uh, he had a shitload of money. He's like, yo, this shit don't mean nothing. He should have told me I have this, 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 that. And look, I just, I was in my hotel room. I fainted. And then now I just found out that I have like six months to live. And I'm like, what the fuck? And that shit, bro, Damn. give me chills. Yeah. Was that, was that one of the most memorable things that happened to that job? Hell yeah. That, that day, bro, that, that, and my first phone call, my first phone call was the most memorable. I'll never forget some guy. So I'm new to the job, right? I'm taking my first real life phone call and they and some guy calls me up and says hey um i'm, I'm calling to see if my car will go through because i'm renting at the rich carlton and i'm like what's the guy's talking about this guy's a black card bro of course this is gonna go through what the fuck is a rich carlton a thousand dollars a night big whoop right. and i'm like and he's like oh but check please check because you can do like an option that you can check the spending power on the card um okay. and i'm like okay fine i'll check for you bro so i go into the account i'm like okay man you know how much is the thing? And I'm expecting this guy to tell me, oh, it's going to be a couple thousand. He goes, it's going to be like $750,000. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? What? <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm like, $750,000 for what? He's like, uh, yeah, it, we're staying like a week in the Ritz. And I'm like, yeah, but shit don't make any sense. Oh, no, no, we're renting out the whole floor. I'm like, holy okay. shit. All right. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, bro, I, what room at the Ritz is 750 grand? Right. Brother. That's what okay. I was thinking too. All right. That was right. my that's my first phone call. So imagine that being your first phone call. And then I'm looking through this dude's bill and it's like a couple million dollars a month. Every month a couple million dollars. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> and he tells me that he is the assistant to a prince in Abu Dhabi. And I'm like, oh, makes sense. 
Okay. <laughs> so he's out here big spending. Okay. Yeah. So um, that first experience, because what I honestly thought that you were going to say when, when you're like, what did you learn at that, at that place was really more about the money side, about what people were spending on. But I feel like that guy that was about to pass away that gave you that piece of insight, do you feel yeah. like that kind of shaped how you think about money after? Or are you still kind of still chasing? Hell yeah, the man. Same way? Hell yeah. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why, bro. A lot of people, um, they make money. They don't, they rather save it, not spend it. And there's nothing wrong with saving money. I, um, I think that's, that's, a, that's a good habit to have. Um, mm -hmm. But make sure, and I was just talking to my boy yesterday about it because he's like, man, I saw you and Q's podcast. And I feel like I've been very humble with myself for, seven, for the last year. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with being humble. Humble is not um, because you have nice things doesn't mean you're not humble. Humble is how you treat people and how you, and, and the type of person that you are. That's humble. You know what I'm saying? Because you have a Ferrari doesn't mean you're not humble. Don't, don't confuse yourself. And I told them, you know, you gotta, we, we men, I'll say men, I don't know if women are like this, but we're like dogs. Okay. <laughs> so think about a dog, right? When they do nice things, they like to be rewarded. Right. So imagine if you're training your dog, every time he does a nice things, you give him a treat, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to keep doing those nice things. Right. With us as entrepreneurs, we are the dogs and we are the masters. We got to reward ourselves for the work that we're doing so we can Yo. keep doing these nice things. Man, Alex is spitting right now. He said, yes. you're the dog and the master if you're an entrepreneur. Now that's true. Yeah. Like, true. So I reward myself every step of the way because every step of the way is a milestone and every step of the way is a reward to myself as a dog. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'm giving me the treats and I'm like, it makes me want to do nicer things. For sure. You know, it, it makes me want to want to get more cars, more things. So you have to reward yourself. So that that dude's um, phone call. Yeah. What I, what I got out of that job was more entrepreneurship mindset, not financials. Obviously, you see financials a lot, mm -hmm. but there, it, there was nothing there that I didn't know before. You right. know, make more money, live, be, live below, uh, be, um, below your means and shit like that. That's normal shit. But the mindset of, of, of every single millionaire, bro, when you talk to a bunch of millionaires every day, you, you're going to, you something's going to stick with you, you know? Okay. Um, is there any commonality that you, that you could share that you, that you took away from a lot of the successful entrepreneurs that you spoke to? Um, everybody, everybody, you know, was a go-getter. Everybody was like, you know, we, everybody have failures. Every single one of them told me a story about how they failed. And that's what I'm like, okay, so somebody asked me the other day what makes success. And I'm like, success is not by being successful. How success, how you measure success is how many failures you had and still came up. Mm, okay. So that, that's, that's, that's what I got out of all of them. They all, they all had the same shit. They all had failures. Failures was normal to them. So they whoever, me, can, whoever can kind of bounce back from those failures, that's what kind of that's, makes success. That's what makes you a millionaire. That's what makes you a billionaire. That's what makes you um, some type of, you know, huge mentor. Um, that's what makes, that's what makes you stand out. Trust me, that, that's going to make you stand out. All right. This is my ADHD kicking in. It's a complete, complete side question. Are, are you on Twitter at all or no? <laughs> on Twitter? No, I'm not on Twitter at all. Okay. Have you heard about the news of Elon trying to buy Twitter? Hell yeah. You I mentioned billionaires great. and this, my mind completely went there. Do you have any thoughts <laughs> on uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter? Yes, I think I think um, I see where he's going um, with it. That um, I mean, it's great. It's great. He's trying to he's trying to change the way Twitter is. He's trying to bring it back to what Twitter was, right? A private company um, that everybody kind of have had free thoughts, um, and it's not manipulated by any type of government or entity, uh, which I feel like it is right now. So 
Okay. I think he's great. I think I think Elon Musk is so successful just because of not who he is as an entrepreneur. I, I don't think he's an entrepreneur at all. I think he's more of a genius, you know, like his 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 how he was able to stand out is what got him the money. You get it, man. The guy's a genius. And I think that's what has gotten him to, you know, so fast to the top. Because if you look at a couple of years ago, he was way below Jeff Bezos in the net worth. Mm-hmm. Now he's way above him. So it's because, again, the guy has been able to stand out, which goes back to what I just told you right now. Yeah. You've got to stand out. Yeah, know? for sure. I appreciate you entertaining that. Um, yeah. Now, if we can go back to the Amex. So I actually, <laughs> I also worked at Bank of America. Um, talk oh, to me sure. about that experience. What did you do there? How did you go from Amex to Bank of America? Um, I went from Amex to Bank of America just because of the schedule. Um, I had to, so so in American Express, I started my business. I started my trucking company, right? Um, once I started my trucking company, I, I bought three trucks off the rip. I saved up money in Amex and I bought three trucks off the rip. So then now I had a, a, a business on the side, and then but my Amex schedule was so fucked up. I used to work from 11, 11 in the morning to I'm sorry from three p.m. to twelve at night. Oh, damn. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. But I, I liked it for a little bit. But once I got a business, it was kind of hard to because I would wake up really late in the morning because I got home so late and it wasn't working out for me. So I went to a bank of America. They offered me a private banking position mm-hmm. and um, which back then it was called something else. <clears throat> and then I from there, uh, my, my schedule was um, nine to five, right? Like regular nine to five weekends off. Um, okay. and, and there I kind of continue almost the same thing from Amex, right? I was dealing with a lot of high end clients. Um, and you learn a lot from those people too as well. Now it's more personal experience because now they're face-to-face. Right. And you're learning about banking products, what yep. they have access to that normal banking clients don't have access to. So yes. is there anything that you took away there that stuck with you? Um, with that, from Bank of America, what I learned a lot was how to sell, right? Like I'll tell you that they train you very well in selling products and things like that and how to manage credit right? How to, how to use the products that they offer to the advantage of the consumer as far as like, um, you know, if somebody needs to reconsolidate credit cards, offer them a line of credit, things like that. And that's how I learned how to manage a lot of money. That's how I learned how to manage a lot of money. Bank of America. Yeah. American Express gave me the push, gave me the mindset. And then Bank of America sealed the deal by giving me how to, how to manage the money. It was like a combo deal. It was great. That's amazing. So you're getting like the inspiration just from even talking to these individuals, the knowledge on and the insight on how they live their life and how they spend their money and then how they manage their money. So it's like the full picture of uh, how finances work. The, the full picture of, of a millionaire. Over, and, so know. this is for everybody listening, because this is still a trading podcast. I know we kind of got off the rails. <laughs> so uh, from everything that we talked, this is all before trading. And then yep. trucking was really the main thing that you were building in the background before trading happened. So walk, yes. walk us through trucking, how that came about, ups and downs, and then how that transitioned into trading. Man, I got, so I, I started my company with three trucks. Um, then when I started my company with three trucks from there, I tried to do an exotic rental car company and with a partner of mine. And we had like 10 cars at a, at a good point. And then um, it kind of, I went through a bad period in my life where um, I was making a, a, a shitload of money. What I thought back then was a shitload of money, right? Um, with, remember, we're talking about I was 20, 25, 24 years old doing this, 23 years old, mm-hmm. you know? So it was great for me. Um, and I had a ten, 10 exotic cars. I had um, three trucks. I was like, oh, shit, I'm good, man. Hit, man. <laughs> All right, I'm so good. It's, everybody who visits South Beach at some point is like, as a tourist, <laughs> I'm, I'm over here in Virginia. When we go visit, you're like, dude, having an exotic car company is like, you know, that's a dream out there. 
yeah. have them all over the city and whatnot. So how did yeah. you get into that game? How did you even get the capital for that? Was it through all the work that you had done? Was it just like uh, you partnered yeah. with the right people? It's very easy, honestly. Like I, I, I remember I told you I fixed my credit because of American Express. So it, it, they, they, you know, and I already had, a, I've always liked cars. All my life, I always had nice cars. So I always had a good credit on cars. And then I, I was able to take out two or three cars under my name. Then my partner took out two or three cars under his name. And then we added so forth. But it was very easy. Um, down payments were like very, fairly low. Um, so we had to connect for that. Um, but yeah, but then that went to shit, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Like cars were getting yeah. crashed. We had a car that got shut up with AK-47 bullets because oh the, the dude that rented the car had supposedly beef with somebody and then they sprayed his house and the car was right in front of it. Um, we had another another car that I was literally watching the news. I was literally watching uh, a car chase in the news and it was my car. Stop, like, stop fucking around. Yeah, I'm literally watching this shit and I'm like, yo, that looks like my car. Let me call the broker who rented the car. Yo, is that my car? on the news and he's like uh let me check oh yeah bro i'm like but what does what does insurance look like in the exotic rental business like can, do you even get a policy bro is that even possible <laughs> you could you could but you have to be in business for so long so we were like we were doing it like on the side it was like crazy right, right. Shit. and then nah it was like we had a, we had insurance through that like commercial commercial insurance mm -hmm. um and it was so expensive you know we so we did it on the side for a little bit then we got commercial insurance and then and it just didn't make it nothing nothing made sense nothing made right, sense right, right. so did Where you end you? up like selling the cars or what for those yeah. of you guys listening to this on spotify he has a no risk no rari poster right behind <laughs> him when he says he's into cars he means it um but yeah so like what did you do you sold all the cars how how do you get yeah rid of those? yeah we sold all the cars we, we traded them in we took a loss on a lot of them and then we parted ways um did you keep a just, few like i'm gonna keep one of them for myself like we <laughs> kept i kept one i kept an lc 500 that shows to this day i think that's one of my favorite cars man that car yeah. is like, wow. Like Lexus has done such a great job with that car. It's a V8 naturally aspirated. The sound that it makes, the way it drives. Like, I think I might get one. Like, okay. I, 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 yeah, I think that's I might awesome. get another one. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. All right. So um, trucking, are you still in trucking today? Yes. Yes. Today we were a lot bigger than we were back then. But, all right. Um, all right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so back then, back then when we, you know, back to what we said is I lost everything. I lost my three trucks. Um, each truck. I went through a dark period, like I lost it all. Um, I lost all my 10 cars. After that, the three, my three trucks, freaking engine blew on two of them. It was like insane back to back. Um, I almost, I, I almost lost my life in a, in a crash. I almost, I, yeah, it was, a, it was like a dark period. You know, when shit happens to you that just, when it rains, it pours. Yeah, I crashed the LC500 going 100 miles per hour against a tree. So, bro. yeah, so I lost everything. So I started, I started again from zero, from absolutely from zero, from one truck, because I had one truck left that also got damaged and I had to put like 11 grand into the repairs. And I, were you had, hurt? Were you hurt in that? Yeah. Accident? Damn. I bro. was like my whole body. Luckily I wasn't seriously hurt. Just my whole right. body was in such much pain and like I had to get therapy and things like that. Like my bones, like to get everything back in place. It was like crazy, but I, I, I thankfully it didn't fracture anything or, or nothing. Thank God, and, bro. Thank God. Yeah. Right. So I lost trucks. it all. Yeah, I lost it all. I lost it all. I started back with one truck. Like, I didn't, I didn't have money. Listen, I didn't have... So this, this is a crazy story I'm going to tell you right now. I didn't even have money to put gas. After making so much money, I didn't even have enough money to put gas. I had to borrow uh, money from my parents. Um, I had to move back to my parents because I couldn't afford my rent. Um, this is like a 20, 20, 24 years old. Yeah, mm -hmm. about, about 20, 24, 23 years old. Um, 
And that's it. Like I, I lost it all. I started back for one truck and I had the LC 500, right? And uh, I had equity in it. So I had to sell my LC 500. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna sell my LC 500. I got 10 grand back. I checked for 10 grand back. I sold it to CarMax. Okay. And so I had 10 grand to my name now, but no car. <laughs> so from there, I'm like, my, one of my boys, he had um, a couple a couple of trucks like that were owner operators. Owner okay. operators means like they they drive for you, but they're they're the owners of their truck, and you charge them a percentage to manage the trucks. Yeah. And so you wanted, get the contracts, he, you sign the deals with the whoever needs the stuff moved, and these guys own the truck, and they'll just do the delivery, and you get a cut. Ex exactly, just like that. And then so we're like, you know what? Uh, my friend was trying to get out of the business, and he only got he only got eight like eight or ten, mm -hmm. and he's like, yo, I'll sell you my whole office. <laughs> Like everything, <laughs> everything that's in it, small office, nothing crazy. So everything is in it. And I'll sell you my eight contracts and my eight con trucks for 10, for $10,000. And I'm like, yo, here's what? the $10,000. Yeah. I'm like, here's the $10,000. Um, it wasn't profitable at the time though. It was like ah, garbage. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay, and, okay. I, and after, and after I paid them the $10,000, they all left. <laughs> so, so, so I was left with an office by myself. It was crazy. Um, so I paid them the $10,000, they all left. And then from there, um, I, I started with one truck, which was mine. And then I, I started getting owner operators. So I got it like one, two, three, and I was paying rent in the office, which is $2,000 a month. Um, I still didn't have a place for myself yet. I'm 23 years old. Um, and my parents are like, yo, you're crazy. You're paying $2,000 a month for an office and you're the only one there. Like you don't even have employees. And I'm like, look, it's about, it's about the re representation, right? It's about where you want to be. And it's about, um, you know, like, like visualization. When people come in, you know, I used to tell them that my employees were at lunch. At lunch, right? Yeah. They didn't know I was a dispatcher. They didn't know I was the boss. They didn't know I was the accountant. I was everything. And it's funny. I used to tell them like, oh, um, no, don't worry. Everybody's at lunch. Yeah. I used to be the dispatcher. I used to do everything myself, right? Until I got to like wow. four, five, seven trucks. Then I hired one of my boys to dispatch. Then from seven, I went to like 13 to 14. And then I started hiring people. That's amazing. So that just speaks to your character, bro. I feel like the more that I'm learning about you, the more I'm getting an insight on you as an entrepreneur and what's setting you apart. It's really yeah. just, um, you know, you're great at finding opportunity and you're great at like, though, I'm going to have to make this work no matter what. Yeah. No matter what, no matter what you have to make it work. So from there, um, nothing from there we grew. Um, from there I was, I was put back in a good position where I got my life back together. You know, I was able to now get a nicer car again. I was able to get my own place, all that stuff. And then, but it was a dark time, man. I started from zero, from zero to the point that I'm telling you, I was so much like I couldn't, I couldn't afford money and gas. And I think the only thing that kept me alive through those times was um, those jobs that I had and those those conversations that I had with with um, those millionaires that told me, hey, you're gonna have failures. Shit's gonna happen to you. You know, mm -hmm. um, what's going through your head daily? Like somebody's listening to this and they're probably in that phase, right? Shit's just, right. Shit just completely crumbled on them. They're sitting there every day thinking, how am I going to get out of that situation? Um, right. What sort of advice could you give them? Maybe they don't have the same experiences that you do talking to those individuals. Maybe you're that guy for them right now on this podcast. Yeah. So what, what sort of insight could you give to them to be like, bro, it's going to happen. You're going to pick yourself up. Yeah. Um, give it time. Give it time. Wake up every, every single day. Put in the work without seeing results. Okay. Do Little by little, every single day, put in something that's gonna help you in the future. So uh, you know, it could, I, I'm trying to generalize it as much as possible without attaining to my situation back then. But basically, every single day, do something that's gonna put you in a better position in the future, even if you don't see immediate results. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, when we hit the gym, for example, we're, we're not gonna hit the gym and then come out of the gym and be like, "Damn, I'm not have a six pack yet." That's crazy. 
like, fuck this, I'm gonna quit. No, you, you keep going every single day, right? Until one day you see results. Same thing with entrepreneurship. You have to go every single day, show up, make the work until then one day you'll see results. Okay, there we go. Moving in the right direction. And uh, I guess like the, that is the most important piece because if you don't see results every day, that's when folks just want to stop, kind of give right, up right. on themselves. So that's awesome that you said that. Um, I feel like in trading, that's, that's very common. Let's jump like into trade. it. Now yeah, we're half, like we're like 30 minutes in this convo. <laughs> let's talk about trading a little. So how did you yeah. transition from trucking? You Things are finally picking up. Yeah. Um, on the live stream, guys, that you guys should go check out the charity stream, Alex said that he blew 180 grand learning how to trade. Right. Now, how does that happen? All right. So, yeah, basically I was well off already. Not well off, but I already was making money because I already had, an un, un, I already had a stable condition in my, in my financials. And then from there, I'm like, okay, let's get into trading, right? Um, I've always liked trading. I was a banker. I knew how to trade, but I never dabbled into trading. So whatever, I kind of like got into trading four years ago. I was trading stocks at first. Okay. Once I traded stocks, I got really good at trading stocks. I, I, I lost a couple of a couple thousand in the beginning, but nothing crazy. Um, and then I got to a point that I was making about 20 grand a day trading stocks. Um, Amazon, te I will only trade um, tech stocks, Amazon, Tesla, and Apple, things like that. The okay. reason behind my mindset with that was that these, these companies ain't going anywhere. And if I have to, and if I go into drawdown and I have to hold it for a couple of days or even a couple of months, I'm okay with that. So I was so confident that I would make 20, 30 K a day easily, easily. Damn. Right. Yeah. It was, it was, it was banging it. I was banging it. Um, then two years after that, um, um, a friend of mine was like, Hey bro, what do you try Forex? <laughs> and I'm like, Forex, like, uh, okay, whatever. I'll try it. So then I tried it. My first day, I put 10K in the account and I made 10K. I'm like, oh shit, this is easy. I you remember what you were trading? I was trading US 30. US, I US okay, 30. okay. I, I started trading US 30 because my friend back then, um, he only traded US 30 as well. And um, he's like, yeah, you should try this out. I'm like, all right. But he didn't know any better. He would, you know what he told me? Okay, picture my, my, my stock portfolio was like 200K. That was my money for me to day trade. And he's like, well, Forex, you don't need that much, bro. You don't need that much. You only got to put 10K to make the same thing that you made with 200K. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I would put 10K, blow 10K, and I'd keep going, put another 10K and blow 10K, you know? Okay, okay, okay. Wrong, wrong mentorship, wrong mentorship. For know? sure. So yeah. those are like, the person who was giving you that advice was somebody who was basically saying you have a small account and you could flip the account. Um, but what I've heard a lot from you is about risk management and about psychology. Right. So what did that process of losing all that money and learning how to trade teach you about psychology and about risk management? So, I mean, my psychology was on point. Because I, the way I looked at it, um, the way I looked at it was, I'm paying the market to teach, to teach me lessons. Okay, I didn't have a mentor. I right. didn't have a mentor back then. Like nobody, nobody can can sit down and say they mentor me or anything because I never had a mentor, right? Um, and, and I wish I I did. I wish I did. Right? It's a good thing because I, maybe I wouldn't have lost 180k. Okay. Um, so right now, I'm losing. 100 i'm literally by like 100k and i'm like holy shit i've lost 100k um in many accounts 10 20 10 20 right and then i'm like what the fuck that's crazy um so then i put another 50k <laughs> then, then i lost that too <laughs> and i'm like okay maybe i should go back to stocks because i don't think <laughs> yeah. forex is working out for me right, right. then I, I went back to stocks and i'm like damn you know what i just don't i just 
don't like it. I just, I just feel like Forex is, is the route I want to go. So then I go back to Forex and I continue. I lost a little bit. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm already losing 180K at this point. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fucking drop 100K in this bitch. I'm like, this is it. Like, oh, man. that was my... That was my last, that was my last 100K, by the way. Like, that's it. Like, I had no more money. That was from yeah. the, from the trading? Was this from the, you were pulling money from the stock portfolio? To yeah, do yeah, yeah. To oh, stock man, portfolio. Oh, man. That was my last 100K. I'm like, okay, this is it. No, like, not only for stock portfolio, but that was my money overall, dude. Like, Damn, I literally, brother. like, in my stock portfolio, <laughs> I had like 200K and then like, I had like another 80 in my bank account. And then I'm like, so I literally put, um, I already had lost 100K. 180k and then i had 100k to my name and i'm like fuck it and like nobody knew no, nothing about this and i'm like fuck it this is it i'm either gonna fight or fly Alex, like how did you go from this to making half a million in a day how does that happen <laughs> how do you go boss. from selling all these accounts in 180 grand to then making yeah. almost half a million in a day trading balls balls yeah. <laughs> no you gotta have to give us more than that <laughs> all right so so from so from there um i put 100k bro and i remember i lost 8k in my first trade and i'm like okay cool i'm a 92k then my second trade i made 16 i made double what i lost hmm. i'm like okay hold on i need i i'm onto something here risk management <laughs> so i'm like okay let me start so then I, I started practicing better risk management and i turned that 120k uh to i remember to 200k i withdrew 100k so i started flat 100k again um i'm like okay fuck now my last 100k is back in my account again then from what 100 from that 100k from trading um i i took it again back to 200k withdrew 100k and then from there it was like okay cool. there you I go got, i got my problem wasn't the strategy you know because i had experience from stocks my problem was risk management uh, it was, I had a huge problem with risk management. I wanted to make money too fast. And then I had the wrong mentorship. I didn't have a mentorship. My friend thought that, you know, because you have a one to 500 leverage that you can trade a 10 K account. Like if it's a 100, 200 K account. Right. So stupid mistakes, rookie mistakes, you know, but do you feel like a trader has to lose a certain amount of money in order to respect risk management, or do you feel like you can actually learn it from somebody else and, and get it from day one? I'm going to tell you the truth, and a lot of people are not going to like this. Um, you do have to lose a lot of money. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why. Because it's not a training rule. It's a human rule. I can tell you right now, if you cross the street, you're going to get hit by a car. And a lot of you guys will still cross the fucking street. And I tell that to a lot of my students. Risk management, risk management, risk management. Do they still do it? Nope. Some people don't do it. So if you get across this car, you get hit by, by the car, then you're like, oh, fuck, I should have listened. I got hit by the car. Yeah. A lot of you people need to get hit by a car. <laughs> like, I will, put it, I will yeah. put it to you that way. That's okay. what happened to me. I got hit by a fucking truck. <laughs> right? So you, when, that. You lose that, when you lose that much money, yeah. you, you got no choice but to get your shit together, you know? But, okay, so you had seen success in the beginning. And so even though yeah. you had all these losses, you still kind of had a belief that this could work. You'd already been successful in stocks. So you know that right. this could work. You just had to kind of figure things out. Yeah. Um, what were some, like besides just risk management as a general sense, what were right. some things that you learned psychologically um, that helped you get to like, you know, a more consistent trading? Don't hold, don't, don't hold the trade. Don't hold the trade. Um, don't try to be a hero, right? Don't try to save the trade. That's one thing that I'm going to tell you. Don't try to be a hero. Um, I know a lot of people want to be heroes and they remove their stop losses to see if maybe they can save the trade. Just stick 
to a stop loss. For example, today, my stop losses on US 30 is 50 points. That's all I risk. 50 points, 50 points out of one standard lot. That's $5,000. That means I'm risking $5,000. I have a risk of three bad trades a day. That means that on a bad day, I lose $15,000. Um, but if you look at it the, the opposite way, on a good day, I can make $30,000, right? Because it's double the, double the risk. Um, so I, to this day, I, I noticed that a lot of my big losing trades, um, they were because I tried to, I removed the stop loss and I tried to be a hero and, and it didn't go my way. Now, we got a little uh, peek of this on the charity stream, but how would you describe yourself as a trader? Are you a scalper, intraday trader, swing trader? Obviously, you said you hold the trade, so maybe not right. a swing trader. Intraday. Not, definitely not a swing trader. I'm definitely an intraday. Um, that's how I did stocks. I was intraday. I, I was in it for a couple candles. That's it. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe three 15-minute candles. Okay. That's about it. Oh, that's awesome. So that's a little yeah. bit more like on the scalping side, would you say? Uh, no. Scalping, I think, is like one to two minutes. Like going in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. That's scalping for me. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've so, done that. I've done that, but it's just not, not very good. <laughs> um, so if a trader is listening to this, uh, he's a young trader or somebody like, it doesn't matter what age they are, but they're early right. in their journey. What advice right. could you give them in terms of leveling up in their game? So let's say they're trading with a little bit of capital. They're, they're getting the hang of it, but they're scared to level up because they don't know how, how they're going to handle big money. Is there right. any advice that you would give on leveling up? Just you look see? at it like percentages. Just look at it. Look at every trade like a percentage. You know, I, I like I told my boy the other day that I just taught him how to trade. He already he he started with 10k. He's already at 13, and he's like, "Damn, man, I, I just don't see the growth." And I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you're, you're off 30 percent in your account in a week." Right. And he's like, and he's like, and I'm like, "Yeah, if you had 100k in there, you'll be 30 grand up." And he's like, "Oh shit, I never looked at it that way." Um. So you want to look at everything, you know, like percentage wise. You okay. gotta look at everything percentage wise. Yeah. All right. Now there's a there's a two topics I want to talk to you about. One of them is sleep. This is something I heard you say on a podcast. Yeah. Um, what is your take on sleep? I hate fucking sleeping. Don't get me wrong. I love it once I'm asleep, but <laughs> I one once I get up, once I get up, I need to get out of bed as fast as possible. Um, and I love to get into bed as late as possible. Um, just because I feel like there's so much to do. Um, and it goes back to what I, what I said, you want to do something every single day that's going to put you better in a, in a better position in the future. And I feel like if I'm not awake and, and I'm not um, productive, like I just, I, I hate being, even in the weekends, um, I love doing things like this, right? Like I love being a podcast. I love doing this. I love doing that just because it's, it's productive, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I hate weekends right now I, at a stage, at, I, at least that I am in my life. Um, I hate weekends and I hate uh, sleep um, just because I feel like I could do you know, a lot better. Okay. No, I, I can I resonate with that too. My bad. You get what I'm saying? No, no, no. Sorry. I was, I was talking to somebody. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's, it's not that I'm, you know, I'm young relatively. Um, it's not that I don't like to party, right. It's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that and nothing wrong with spending time with your family. Um, it's just that if you, for me right now, I feel like the weekends kind of stop everything. And then it's like time is passing by. It's like a like a trauma, man. <laughs> it's like a, it's like, a, like my girl tells me like you're just like traumatic or something. Like he's like she's like, how do you hate weekends and sleep? I love weekends and sleep. I'm like, yeah, but you know you don't. Yeah, there's you don't, so much to do, and like yeah. and everything, especially as like you're an entrepreneur. So I'm guessing like the weekends is where like 
no one's calling you back. The emails have stopped. Like the exactly. post office is closed. The yep. credit card process, everything. So everything. I, feel I, I hate that. I hate that. And the markets are closed. And the markets are closed. Exactly. I, I love being. I love the productiveness of the week. Um, but hey, sometimes, man, you, you do need to, to 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 ease off. You know, I take my little mini vacations, three four days. I can't take long vacations. I can't take one week, two weeks vacations. I cannot do that. Three, four days and I'm itching to get back on my computer and do doing something, you know? Oh, for sure. I feel that, bro. That's the, a lot of people, they think that it's a problem, like to really love yeah. your work and to be obsessed with the work. I, I personally just don't agree with that, right? I think if that's what gives you meaning, right? If being yeah. involved in your work is really what gives you a sense of purpose, dive in, dive in, sure. obsess, get crazy with it. Um, yeah. Let's wrap this thing up. Alex, I really appreciate yeah. your time and you're a busy guy. Talk to the traders at home. Tell them anything that you would like them to do after this podcast, an actionable step to actually yeah. get better uh, at, at what they're doing. Show up at the summit. Show up at the summit. <laughs> <laughs> Show up at the summit. Um, uh, no, but no, no, but for real. Show up at the summit. Um, mm -hmm. Get familiar. Get get around people. Um, you know, one, one thing as an entrepreneur I can give you, because I feel like us as traders, like we are actually entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think we're, we're more than traders. And for everybody out there who thinks that you're a trader, you're more than a trader. You're an entrepreneur because you're going into something. An entrepreneur is, is somebody who, who blindly goes into something with faith that they can make money. Right. That's that's what trading is. And you're, you're an entrepreneur. And a lot of you guys um, have what, what you know, you have it in you. Maybe you just need to be around people that make you believe that it is possible. Um, I, I didn't have that capability in the beginning, unfortunately, and I wish that, you know, you were around and like, you know, all these people were around when I was, when, when I first started to be like, you know, sh show me all these traders that are up there and have an FX summit where I can go in person and like meet all of them and be like, oh my God, like these people are real. Like they actually do what they say they do. Right. So, sure. yeah, for your, yeah. So, so get, get around, get around people. Those of you guys at home, FX Summit 2022 is going to be May 13th through the 15th uh, in Miami. If you guys want to meet Alex, you guys want to meet myself and some of the biggest traders in the game, you guys definitely want to be there. That's the same thing that I had, Alex, is when I went and spoke with, like, let's say somebody like a Q, and I saw right. the lifestyle that folks are living. That's what got me to realize that there was, a, there was different levels of this game. Yep, yep. I think that inspiration is something that goes over a lot of people's heads and that's what they're going to get from the summit. So yeah, I'm excited I to think for sure. Yeah. I, I think like, bro, like, like what Q has been able to do, um, it, it's unremarkable in the, in the trading world. Um, Q, um, Anthony, all these guys that are, um, that are up there. Um, Q is definitely one of my, one of my inspirations as far as your study. Um, and I told him the other day, I'm like, yeah, bro, when I, when I started trading your study, you, your results is what I was looking for to get one day. And when I actually achieved it, I was like, wow, like this is probably how he feels. So he shout out Q, you know, so he, he, he's definitely the, he's definitely the goat on, on this shit. So for sure. That's awesome. Alex, millionaire trader, entrepreneur, and just overall great guy, amazing speaker yep. and pot and podcast host. If you guys want to go check <laughs> out, what's the name of your podcast? Profit Podcast. Profit Podcast. Yeah, man. We're definitely, uh, we're definitely trying to get the Profit Podcast is basically about entrepreneurship. It's not a trader podcast, trading podcast like this one. Um, we, we try to, we're trying to get different entrepreneurs from different fields to uh, come on there and just give you an insight, man. We've had, we've had Q this yep. last, this last podcast before that we had Lena, where she makes like millions 
doing um she's the owner of lash makers crazy bro oh all of us are doing lashes yeah 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 uh, and yeah we've got a lot of people on there it's crazy that's that's awesome so you guys go check out the podcast if you guys want to connect it's mr dot alex santi on instagram no other yeah. accounts that's his official account yeah for alex, sure <laughs> thank you for your time brother appreciate you and i can't uh, wait to see you in miami thank you my brother appreciate you no doubt